Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the House of Pride show live from San Francisco. We are here to entertain you, and we have fabulous guests today on the show. We have live from Sacramento, Raquel, debuting her new release. A little later, we have direct from Germany, Chris Cowley, with his new release. We have in the house right now, DJ Jim Hopkins. Hello. And we have straight over from the Tenderloin Museum, Katie Conway. Welcome. Conry. Conway. All right. Welcome, folks. Uh, don't go anywhere. In just a minute, we'll be starting. Welcome back. It's the House of Pride show live from San Francisco. I am your host, DJ Tweeka. I've got live in the studio with me, uh, Katie and DJ Jim. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Welcome back. Welcome back, both of you. Thank you. Right now, we're going to start things off with a live telephone call to Raquel, the recording artist, live from Sacramento. Raquel, can you hear us? I hear you, my love. And, and, and Tweeka, I love you. I miss you. Well, we, I love you too, and um, I'm so happy you're back on the show, uh, because today you are giving us an exclusive where we get to sample your new release entitled, These Tears. Uh, um, before we get into that, just give us the backstory on how this song was born. Oh, I love it when you ask me that. Um, so, you know who Xavier Toscano is, right? Xavier Toscano mm-hmm. is also well-known um, throughout San Francisco and all over the uh, Bay Area with a lot of his pop music that he's been putting out. He's such a talent, uh, a talented dancer, performer, but recording uh, artist as well. Um, one of his songs that he's put out, I, it's one of my favorites, is Runaway. Uh, but he's getting real busy these days. And I got to snatch him for a little while and co-write this song with him. He approached me and said, we need to get you um, another big, you know, as he put it, anthem, another big anthem song. I said, oh, God, what are you going to make me do? We got together with a really great producer, and he, basically, he produced it. (laughs) He did pretty good, too, and I love it. Um, It was just a little history on how it evolved. It was written a little too high and out of my range, and... At the time, the producer didn't know how to transpose it. So I said, listen, let me go ahead and sing it the way it is. Because the, the song is basically, it's a breakup song, and I'm crying, and I'm trying to hide my tears, so to speak. Um, but um, authentically, or I, sh- I should say, ironically, you can hear the cry in my voice because I'm singing it out of my key range. I had a great the pain time on the vocal cords. <laughs> I had a great time recording it. Um, and just putting the whole thing together, getting together with some really, really great remixers uh, as well was very, very exciting for me, too. Fabulous. Well, not only are we going to debut it for our listening audience, but we also have uh, DJ Jim Hopkins sitting here with me, and he's going to listen. Oh, my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, uh, Raquel, Raquel, hi, Jim. Jim. Hello. How you doing? Hi, Jim. Hello. Um, I just con- connected with Jim personally just recently uh thanks to cybernet (laughs) and somebody mentioned him to me and i went oh jim will never give me the time of day 
because I don't know if you know the history that Jim has there in San Francisco, but he has quite a history in DJing. Um, so I just thought to myself, no, he, he won't respond. He responded immediately, and I, Jim, I want you to know how much I respect you and, um, and what you've done with your life, and I want to thank you for that. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> and also, uh, Raquel, we have uh, the curator, I guess that right, Katie? Curator of the Tenderloin Museum. Uh, um, putting on a new shoe today. She's going to listen to your new song and let us know how she feels about it. <laughs> okay, I'm nervous. <laughs> um, hey, it's a community-based show here, folks. So here we go. That's Without right. further ado, our, it's Raquel's new tune. We're going to, folks listening to us now, we are going directly to the source. It's a CD Baby store and all the, uh, all the remixes in this credit quite a few of them are readily available for download and listening so we're going to just get right into it with the uh, sampling with the uh, these tears by Raquella the radio mix here, here goes folks just a sample here All right, that's fabulous, Raquella. We are doing Pride Points today, and both of our uh, in-studio listeners are going to give you some points. Uh, uh, go right ahead, Katie. What do you I'm rate this? I'm going for a four. Oh, she gives you a solid four, Raquella DJ Jim. Five. Five. You got a score of nine out of ten points. Congratulations, oh. Raquella. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're rolling right along. We're going to listen to one more, but Raquel, I'm going to let you choose the mix we should all hear. Club jumpers, please. There's quite a few. Which one would you like? Would you like Golden Boy? I, actually, um, I like Club Jumpers or the Jeff Morena. All right, well, let's go with Club Jumpers. Folks listening to us, you can get all of these tracks at CD Baby. All right, here we go. Without further ado, These Tears by Rockella, the Club Jumpers remix. And crickets. And it's buffering. <laughs> it's buffering. I love the internet. Da 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 da. It's really buffering. It really is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, all right. We're going to come back yeah. to that later. I can always play this a little later in the show. But yeah. uh, Raquel, uh, once again, um, it's the song is These Tears. Folks can get it at CD Baby and where else? Yes. Well, it's going to be released uh, from iTunes and such. We're, uh, we have a, a real special licensing deal that uh, we worked out, and I'm really proud of it, with uh, RE Music. Uh, we worked it out with Ask Massey Productions. And so look out for it in about a week. I would say up to two weeks. It'll be out on iTunes, Amazon, and all those other cyberwise uh, digital stores. But right now, I really want everyone to focus on CD Baby. So go get your accounts open over there. And that's easy enough to do, uh, folks. You just go to cdbaby.com, cdbaby.com. Check it out. Yep. These Tears by Raquel. Raquel, thank you so much for your time. We're going to be uh, staying in touch with you in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your time with us now. Everyone say goodbye to the fabulous recording artist, Raquel. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
love you. All right, welcome back to the House of Pride show live in studio. We have a new addition to the show, DJ Jim Picotta. Piota! <laughs> welcome, welcome here. Pull up to mic two. That's all yours. So just to reiterate, we have DJ Jim uh, Piota. 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 Oh my God. I'm, I'm, and DJ Jim Hopkins and plus Katie Connery in the studio with us. Uh, DJs, you've, it's your turn at the bat. We know there's a lot going on and there's holidays coming up and there's Halloween next week. Uh, but um, Jim Hopkins, uh, when we were talking earlier, uh, something really was fascinating uh, w that you mentioned that you are doing right now. Uh, um, you have a, a nonprofit preservation uh, going on for, for the classic disco music that was on tape. Preserving old DJ mixtapes dating back to 1974. Let's get into that. Tell us about it. What's going on? I acquired a small collection of reel-to-reel -reel tapes from a woman um, named Rainey. Uh, her dad was a disco DJ in San Francisco in the late 70s. Uh, she wanted me to convert the tapes for her, but she didn't have the money to do it, so I worked out a deal to where I could keep the tapes in exchange for digitizing them for her. And after I had the tapes digitized, I started uh, the San Francisco Disco Preservation page on Facebook, and that blew up. People were really interested in it, so I started posting her dad's mixes on there. And then I acquired another collection from Rod Roderick, who was a party promoter um, in the 80s here in San Francisco, doing a lot of warehouse parties. He gave me over 480 tapes. So instead of letting them just sit in a closet somewhere, I decided to digitize those and start sharing those as well. So I started out with the disco preservation, and then it branched out into an 80s page as well for 80s DJs. Now I have a 90s DJs page, mm -hmm. preserving all the old uh, 90s rave tapes. So basically just uh, preserving DJ and nightclub history for some fun from San Francisco as well as now it's branched out to New York and the East Coast. Uh, what are some of the songs that you've come across that really surprised you uh, that you maybe maybe haven't uh, more um, obscure tracks uh, that you were like oh wow catching me off guard I can't, oh, okay. I can't think of any titles <laughs> offhand but they're listening to these tapes back in the day I started DJing in 81 and I thought I was hearing everything that was coming out and was keeping up on the music but there's so much stuff that passed me by so listening to these tapes and digitizing them is um, research for me as well, and it exposes me to a lot of music that I missed out on back in the day. Will folks be able to uh, go to a web page and uh, listen yeah. to the songs? And yeah, I have uh, this. They're streaming on Hear This, um, uh, but you can access all of the archives off of my website, which is sfdps.org. It's abbreviation for San Francisco Disco Preservation Society. And once again, we're talking about what what years would this span of this well, preservation? Seventy four till uh, the tapes I have in my library right now are from seventy four up to two thousand one. Oh. All right. It's like the disco and house movement and Yeah. Disco, new wave and house. Uh, years from now sources will come to you for for references on, on these classic tunes that you know, are being preserved. Yeah, there are a lot of DJs that are no longer with us, so I'm able to preserve their legacies, which is really cool. Their sets and, and whatnot. Yeah, a lot of these recordings were live recordings at the clubs that they played at. I have uh, recordings from Studio 54. I now have uh, recordings coming in from 12 West, which was a disco nightclub in New York from 75 to 1980. Uh, the owner of that club contacted me, and he's, they used to record a 10-inch reel of tape every Saturday night. So I'm preserving all of those for, for the... They're all the old disco fans to hear now. 
Fabulous, fabulous. In addition to this big project of yours, you are a resident DJ. Yes, at 440 Castro Bar in the Castro. 440 Castro Bar, formerly known as... Daddy's. Yes, Daddy's. Bear, Bear Hollow. <laughs> Katie's smiling. <laughs> Your next museum will be the Castro Museum. Oh, wait, there is one already. <laughs> but... Uh, Awesome. Um, and by the way, I love what you're doing in the Tenderloin, and can't, we're going to get into it. Uh, but your residency, uh, Jim, at 440 has been going strong for some time now. It's almost nine years now. Nine years? Yeah, four to five <laughs> nights a week there. That's a great gig, and I know whenever I go there or walk by, it's always jammed, uh, packed. It's a really popular venue. Yeah. Um, what nights crowd. are you DJing? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. Friday happy hour from 4 to 9, and then every other Sunday from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And when folks come in to the venue, when you are DJing, what experience should they um, encounter? Uh, I mix it up. We have 21 to 80 year olds in there, so I have to throw bones out to everybody. So it's a mix of everything. You heard it here, folks. Uh, Jim will be throwing out delightful <laughs> dance bones to you, regardless of what genre or age category you f identify with. I play a lot of music from the 60s to 90s and mix it all up. So it's all beat matched together, take people on a journey. What's a popular 60s groove? that you play any of the Motown stuff really gets a crowd going mm -hmm. cool and are there any uh, new songs that are pushing your buttons right now um, mostly focusing on the old school the mm -hmm. retro stuff that's that's what I'm known for and that's what people come into the 440 to hear me what's play. an example of a golden oldie that's never going out of style that always gets people excited when you play it uh, Castro Boy Castro Boy yes do you, I don't even know that song. Oh, yeah. Danny Boy. Um, yeah, I don't think it would be appropriate for airplay. <laughs> but you can listen to it on Actually, YouTube. on this show, any, anything yeah, goes. It's on YouTube, Valley Girl. Valley Girl. Yeah, it's, oh, it's it is? Oh, okay. But it's by a, it's Valley Girl, by a yeah. guy. I love about, it. He's singing about the Castro clones. and it's, It was really, really good. Very campy, but really good. Awesome. Well, who's the artist on that? Danny Boy. Um, oh, Danny Boy. I can't think of the rest of it. And the Party Gods, that's it. <laughs> Danny Boy and the Party Gods. So good. So what, uh, what is 440 doing on Halloween then? Well, I'll be doing my annual Halloween uh, DJ show, which mm -hmm. I have uh, a lot of music. It'll be music videos, um, Halloween-related music videos. I have horror movie clips that I've put together, loops of those, uh, sound of Halloween sound effects that I put over the top. It's my favorite night of the of the year to DJ. Awesome. And I did you mention you were doing this weekend you have another gig come? Oh yes you did. Saturday, yes. This Saturday. Lone Star, we're doing a, a benefit for the San Francisco Disco Preservation Society. My friend Just Time is throwing that. It's a party called Love Hangover. Um and that's the Lone Star is South of Market. Yes. Yeah. And what time should folks go to that uh, if they're looking for something to do? from 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. I'll be spending from 6 to 8 p.m. All of Just Time will also be playing, as well as DJ Balansky. Fabulous. Um, so, folks, if you want something to do this Sunday, go head over to the Lone Star. This and Saturday. then Oh, this Saturday, <laughs> sorry. Okay. And, and then uh, on Halloween and all well, those nights you, you DJ at 440, do stop in and people can come up and say hi to you? Or do, oh, yeah. you, do you have like a screen? No, the booth is accessible. <laughs> I'm not in a plastic bubble or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, fabulous. Well, listen, I want to quickly do something fun here uh, and test your 
disco uh, um, brain cells and see if you reckon I'll give you like three or four seconds of a tune from the 70s and see if you can uh, okay. figure it out. All right, here goes. And folks, <laughs> Katie and Jim, feel free to join in here. <laughs> here it goes. Oh, do we need five more seconds, maybe? Well, let's jump into the middle of this song. Anyone? You're going to make me love somebody else? All right, Jim. How did you get that? Because it's written right there. No, no, I didn't cheat. Yeah, that, that, I don't know how big a hit that was back in the day, but I heard it as a kid on Long Island somewhere and it's by the Jones girls okay Mark Watkins used to play that okay he played his morning music and you know I I think the the groove and the the baseline still holds up it's a little on the slow side but you know I'm surprised it hasn't been remade actually it reminds me a little bit of machine there but for the grace of God go I with that driving baseline and anyways all right there that's that. We are going to call Germany in just a bit. Uh, Jim, uh, where can folks follow you? On Facebook? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook or on my sfdps.org website for my tape preservation project. Awesome. I actually just posted mm-hmm. one of Jim's old mixtapes from 96 today. Oh, all right. Yes. I, we're going to get into that. It was a great segue. Thank you. <laughs> from one Jim to the next Jim, Jim Piotr. Piotr, Piotr, which is a uh, Polish. Polish name, yes. yes. Uh, so you did mixtapes back in the day? Back in the day, I did cassettes, mostly Maxell brand cassettes. I'd run out and I had my little cassettes and my little players, and I would tape as much as I could. I did a lot of tapes at home, just making demo tapes and bringing them into clubs, just trying to get work. But yeah. And uh, Jim has, has been doing a lot of great work um, you know, on Hear This, and I go on there weekly to listen and just kind of reminisce anybody that wants to hear music from the 70s, 80s, and 90s to 2000. It's just it's a really great way to go back. It's a, it's a time capsule online of music that was was of the moment by DJs, and a lot of them aren't here anymore, but some are. And um, yeah, I love to go back and just look and see what you've come up with. It's great. How many do you think you've done over the years? Can you, uh, Probably over a hundred. I used to make them, and I used to, I used to, I used to sell them some sometimes, and a lot of times I would just give them away because I want, I wanted my name, name to be out there. I was very. I started in 1984, and I just kind of it's it's been waning recently. <laughs> it's been waning recently, so I've been like doing doing the door alley and Folsom Street Fair. Uh, at the powerhouse, but that's about it. That's all I've been doing recently for DJing. But I still, I'm still keeping. I keep in touch with a lot of the DJs, and I still play the music at home. But it's really tough to DJ now. <laughs> it's it's nice to see a DJ making a living and doing it regularly as a job. Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful. Um. So Jim. Uh, Oh God, so sorry about that, folks. It, 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 Germany is trying to get through. We're blocking them, uh, especially when the Polish DJ is talking. Yeah, really. Come on. I'm sure there's a word for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, 
Chris, listen to the show. We're live right now. I'll be calling you, baby. Don't you don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> Chris is, of course, uh, promoting another new song here on House of Pride Radio that he and his company is releasing. But uh, uh, we'll get to that in just a minute, Chris. So, Jim, um, from the past to today, what are you doing these days in terms of DJing for the public? Uh, I just got done DJing. Most of the time, I'm just. You can find me during the Door Alley Street Fair and the Folsom Street Fairs DJing at the Powerhouse. I sub there once in a while, but usually those are my my gigs. Just uh, usually in the fall, and I've just kind of morphed my way from. I mean, after 30 years, I'm kind of just. I want to tap into some other different things that I enjoy to do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are. I still do my book work. I still uh, book review for Kirkus and Publishers Weekly and the the Bay Area Reporter here in San Francisco. Yeah. And also I'm doing a lot of more drag and performances, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, I've been seeing. You know, interestingly enough, I've been seeing drag pics of you <laughs> popping up um, on the on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been doing a lot of work with uh, Peaches Christ Productions. And um, doing some things at uh, Oasis, performing at the mother shows, and just really tapping into that side of me that is really, I have what's called a drag timer. I do drag, and then I set the timer, and then a couple weeks later, the timer will go off in my head, and say, okay, you know, I really haven't done drag in a while. I really want to do it. It's Skinny Vanilla. Skinny, did you hear that, Katie? (laughs) (laughs) So Skinny Vanilla, Miss Miss Vanilla for short. It's like an itch, and I, I like to scratch the itch, so I go out and I... Is that pure vanilla? Or yeah, imitation. Oh, yeah. oh, no, it's pure. It's yeah. all pure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd like it. <laughs> it's a key ingredient in, yeah. in all cakes. Um, <laughs> so when is she coming out? Is she coming out for Halloween? Um, yes. I'm doing some... I'm doing a show at Mother. I'm going to be in um, Jamaica, who's another really good um, uh, performer at Mother. I'm going to be in her number on Saturday night at Oasis. They're having a big... Uh, uh, their usual uh, annual Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing something tomorrow night at the Academy of Science, um, hosted by Peaches Christ. Yeah. It's called Stranger Queens. It's a take on Stranger Things. Yeah. And they take over the whole museum and they have different spots where there are uh, Halloween themed areas. She did that last uh, oh, year it's and it's great. a huge event. Mm-hmm. Um, she really do, does know how to utilize a big really. space. It's a, it's, a great, mm-hmm. um, it's a great event it's, and it's family friendly. It's not just like going out to a nightclub where you're just going to see crazy Right. It's, it's family friendly so kids can come yeah. without being totally oh, yeah. affected and, and for the rest of their lives. So yeah. You don't even have to go to the Stranger Things things if you want to just go to different areas you can but yeah, that's um, that's tomorrow. And you get your own space for a scene, or uh-huh. what? It's, it's what have you come up? Can you give us a little exclusive of what you are? I'm going to be playing a mad scientist, and we are. It's a we're kind of playing off of the Stranger Things first se- first uh, season, where there's a um, a monster that's being created through DNA, and I play a a, a mad scientist who's uh, putting together some of the, some of the ways of bringing this creature to life. Mm-hmm. And they start, um, there's an exploratory area with an explorer, an ancient explorer, and then they move on to um, some of the um, science like laboratory experiments, and then they move on to the, where I play a mad scientist. I'm actually bringing the character to life with like uh, this shocking machine. It's a lot of fun, and it's just it just it's a walkthrough. So you lead, they're leading a crowd through these scenes, and we just have to keep repeating them over and over again. But it is it's a lot of fun because you get to scare people. Will you be shocking people with a, some sort of like cow prong or something? I will be shocking the the 
the monster that I'm working on. Is someone playing the monster? Yes, Rayalite is playing the monster. <laughs> Fabulous. And then, That's going to be fun. Now, before, uh, I wanted to ask you, can folks, uh, is there a page for Miss Vanilla yet? No, but you can find Vanilla on um, Twitter. You can find her on Instagram, and you can find her as my sidekick on my Facebook page. Love. And also at all grocery stores in the spice uh, yeah. department. The spi- I'm on the spice rack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next to almond. Yeah. Um, well, this is a good segue, Katie, to you because uh, uh, being the curator of the Tenderloin Museum, didn't you have a big uh, Halloween theme on uh, this past Tuesday? Oh, yeah. It was very successful. It's the second year we've done um, a similar kind of event with Christian Kajigal, who just won Best Magician. Um, and 48 Hills for the yearly Best of the Bay Roundup. Uh, he does an amazing job. It's um, kind of the spooky, magical history of San Francisco. So it's real life stories about history. And then he's also like an incredibly talented magician. So he does some magic as well. I really don't know how he does it. How was the uh, nice turnout for that? Oh, yeah. It sold out like three weeks before the event itself. And then we had a, a huge rush to Line. Um, the demand was very high, so we'll definitely do two shows next year. Awesome. Uh, folks uh, listening to us now, you know, the Tenderloin Museum is a relatively new uh, venue um, in the Tenderloin, and it's celebrating the history of uh, one of the most misunderstood neighborhoods in the entire city. Um, how did you come to be connected with the, the museum? Was it some, it was part of history you were you have always been interested in? No, I became interested in it through working there, for sure. And interested, like, in our mission about how important it is to um, give light to the history of marginalized communities and uh, create community through, through programming events. And, and so on your webpage, it talks about the museum and how it does, does that through uh, tours. Uh, through uh, permanent ex- exhibitions and so forth. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, so we're open from 10 to 5 every day, but Monday uh, we have a permanent collection that's about the neighborhood, and then we also have an art gallery that rotates every two months about, and then we have walking tours of the neighborhood that are uh, led by um, locals that have lived in the neighborhood for years. Many were homeless in the neighborhood at one point and are now living in SROs. And then we have weekly events, um, you know, everything like the magic event that I just described to, you know, really specific stuff about Tenderland history uh, to music and art shows and poetry and everything in between. Um, we do like community open mic nights with SRO residents and we screen like really esoteric art films. So it's like a diverse programming for a diverse community and there's something in there for everybody. And we actually have our first um, really extensive temporary exhibit opening on November 2nd. Mm-hmm. It's about the Tenderloin Times, which was a community newspaper um, from 1977 to 94. And, you know, it started with like three homeless guys in the basement of Hospitality House and a mimeograph machine. And it grew to. Um, having like an incredible influence on the community um like mainstream media regularly picked up their stories it was nominated for a pulitzer prize um and uh, a lot of people don't know about it unless you were actually around 
and working in San Francisco in the 80s. So we're really trying to like bring light to this like really incredible community newspaper and to show like the kind of impact that like real journalism can have. Um, they were the first to do any kind of reporting about the um, homeless issue in San Francisco and then other media kind of followed their lead after that. Um, and so we're also doing like a series of programming around that too. Folks don't uh, understand how rich the um, neighborhood was. Uh, something like 38 blocks or more of uh, of all sorts of things. And one of the things, the last time you were on, uh, I don't know if you guys realized this, but the Tenderloin had a lot of gay uh, bars and and things back in the day. Uh, I can't remember what you said. What When was that about? What year? 60s? It was the first gay neighborhood in San Francisco in the 60s. And then yeah. the activity really uh, moved from kind of uh, Turk and Taylor area to Polk Street to the Castro. The that was a discovery for me. I was surprised. Uh, that's a, You said right across the street from um, Ann Charlie's was a diner. Right, the, the Compton's Cafeteria. Um, so that was the first kind of known militant um, queer resistance to police harassment in U.S. history, the Compton's Cafeteria riot. And uh, that history really is like a cornerstone of our permanent collection. And it's uh, kind of what we do a, a lot of programming about. And we're actually producing a play about the Compton's Cafeteria riot that's going to okay. debut in February. And we've done three workshops at the museum that have been totally packed. So there's lots of interest and to really see like the community feedback like go into the play and to see the play improve so much has been like a really great experience. And we actually have a fundraiser for that project at Aunt Charlie's, which is kind of like Perfect. The, the heart <laughs> of the project. So actually, the still beating heart. <laughs> yeah, the you know, still beating heart of that community. With the same the rug, I'm sure, from with 1960s. The, with, <laughs> <laughs> with lots of crowds still. And so uh, we screened a film called Beautiful by Night by James Hosking, and we're actually screening his next film um, called Even in Darkness on November 30th. And the film that we screened was about three drag queens and Charlie's. And it was very, very popular, and that's when I introduced Mark Nasser, who's the playwright, to Donna and Colette, who Donna was on the show. Yes, Donna, our friend Donna Pisana. A close friend of the museums, and the three of them have been writing the play together um, every single week for a year and a half. So it's been like this incredible collaboration of them like getting to know each other. Um, I mean, Mark's kind of just like a straight dude from Brooklyn. Um, What's up, Mark? Yeah. If you're I, listening, hello. Because I remember Vicky Marlene was a, yeah. was a performer at um, and Charlie's there as well. Yeah, she, um, the woman with the liquid spine, as she was known. Yeah. And there's a street named after her. Mm -hmm. And she has a documentary um, made about her called Forever is Going to Start Tonight, um, which we screened at the museum as part of like a series of programming of like things that inspired the play. Um, yeah, she inspired Donna specifically a lot. They worked together a lot. Oh, great. And the documentary is amazing. I also recommend checking out Screaming Queens, which is about the Compton's Cafeteria Riot. And oh, the date for that fundraiser is at Aunt Charlie's is November 12th. And there's going to be doors at 4 p.m. And a drag show and refreshments at 5. Awesome. Yeah. So Grace. come out and like see some amazing old queens and like support uh, GLBT arts history. Where is that street, by the way? The Marlena Way Street? Oh, it's right by Aunt Charlie's. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's like a Turk and Vicky Marlene, and it's spelled like Lane. Mm -hmm. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. 
Yeah. What, and it's. I was thinking a street liquid spine would be a good name for a street. Like <laughs> liquid spine is a good name for pretty much anything. Yeah, a band. Yeah, just a novel. You know. Yeah. Across the board. Absolutely. New restaurant. <laughs> so, folks, yes, uh, you know, a very important um, place to visit the Tenderloin Museum. Uh, you can check them out. Tenderloinmuseum.org. And everyone knows how to spell Tenderloin, T-E-N-D-E-R-L-O-I-N. Reiterate again the meaning of Tenderloin. Oh, yeah, that's our most commonly asked question. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so it refers to bribes. Uh, it refers to police bragging that, um, a police officer in particular, bragging that he could afford the nicest cuts of meat because he was working the Tenderloin and getting, it was a vice area and getting a lot of bribes. He was referring to the Tenderloin area of New York, which every major U.S. city had an area known as the Tenderloin, which is like a vice area, gambling, prostitution. And ours is the only one that maintains its name. We're the last Tenderloin. Does Tenderloin have a dictionary meaning to it? Do you know? I believe if you look in the dictionary, it talks about the cut of meat, and then the second definition is a vice area of a city. Okay. Yeah. And so the Tenderloin was um, kind of, you know, in the past, it was like seedy, but also glitzy. It was like a place where people from all different economic backgrounds came for a nice night out. So the, un the underground economy was like primarily gambling. So fascinating. And what, uh, how many years did the glitz part last, do you think, from? Um, so, well, Prohibition era, for sure. So like 20s, 30s, 40s. And then the um, Mayor Christopher um the mayor of San Francisco um, was really like against the Tenderloin and he really came down on it in the 50s and um, oh. the, made gambling so completely it's, illegal. I mean, it was technically legal, but he, he actually got down in rid the of it. So the yeah. 50s is kind of the and slide then, uh, down. Yeah, the economy collapsed and never really recovered after that. And then um, yeah. a lot of queer people started moving in in the 60s and it was referred to as the gay ghetto. And, you know, it was like a place where transgender women could live and like um not be harassed as we forget, much we forget there was this whole period of where if you were gay or cross-dressed jim this vanilla <laughs> you know there was a good chance you would be arrested by the police which is crazy when you think about it now yeah right? it was illegal to yeah. dress not as your gender of birth and um i mean compton's cafeteria was just a diner where they could be served like it was one of the only diners that would actually serve them so you can imagine like having like a safe haven like that raided by the cops is like pushed them one step too far. Do you have an opinion on what the um, the click over mentally for uh, um, city government and the police to give um, cross-dresses acceptance as nor a norm? Was there sort of like a breakthrough in, in um, philosophy about that at, in the late 60s or... What did it well, take? Well, it was a lot better in San Francisco mm -hmm. than in any other major U.S. city. Um, there is one cop in particular whose name I don't is escaping me right now, but he's um, still alive and he's interviewed in the Screaming Queens documentary, and he actually like comes across as this like pretty regressive, good old boy, and then kind of it's like kind of a a reveal that you find out that he actually started championing for better police treatment um so like what kind of influence he was eventually like outed from the department for that reason um 
So what kind of influence he didn't had or didn't have, um, I'm not entirely sure. But he was Definitely a some. person that mm-hmm. like actually spoke against like the insular nature of the police department. Got you. And then, do you think there were some laws passed that protected uh, folks? you know, giving them more freedoms uh, to express themselves or is a more of sort of a uh, ground kind of like from the ground up change? It's both. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when like cultures change, then like laws generally change to reflect them. Um, I can, the black cat decision was, um, I actually believe that that was the black cat in North Beach. But so North Beach was also a scene for, um, drag shows as well as the Tenderloin, both of them really. Um, The black cat decision was um, handed down by the California Supreme Court and I believe that was in the 60s. Um, And then that was uh, the first time that like uh, the California Supreme Court said that it wasn't illegal to be gay in public because the bar pushed um, back against being closed and raided. Um, for being a gay bar. So, I mean, that was a landmark decision that, um, you know, a lot of people influenced, don't really, uh, I, I, don't I really suppose, about, you know, yeah. the way the future looked for all of us, I'm grateful for all those people who sacrificed and had to go through pain and suffering to, for, for us who can now express ourselves <laughs> without really thinking twice about it. I mean, I'm sure there's some inherent date and changes when I go, I think about it in the back of my mind. You have to be a little careful, you know, mm-hmm. carry some, you know, a ring sting or something with you. Yeah, I, I started late. I started doing drag a little bit on the late side, but I remember I moved here in 1987 and it was not as easy as the younger generation has it now. There were a lot of fag bashings going on, and yeah. we really had to be careful when you were out that you looked a certain way and you behaved a certain way. And a lot of the stuff that happens today that I see would never happen. They would never get away with it in the 80s because it was it was not a... There were a lot of places that were not safe to be. The Tenderloin was one of them. And even the Castro, because of HIV, people didn't want to come into the Castro because they didn't want anybody touching them or shaking their hand or anything like that. They weren't sure where it was coming from. Yeah. So when I moved here in 87, it was not... It was not only a, not a safe space to be in, but it wasn't a very welcoming place to be either. We were a really strong community. Drag was happening, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is today. It's not like such a celebrity status thing as it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mr. Hopkins, have you ever dressed in drag, and do you have a no, drag name? Halloween once, <laughs> oh. and I didn't have a name because it was only once. Oh, okay, all right. God, that was, was a quick answer. I, I didn't even feel. Barely took a breath on my last word there. <laughs> um, in the '80s, were you here, DJing? I didn't move here until '91. '91. Where are you coming from? Sacramento is where I grew up. Oh, okay. DJing up there at Bojangles, a little shack. Bojangles. Yeah, a little gay bar. Mr. Bojangles. Bar, but they let me in when I was. 16 and that's how I started my DJ that's where you came of gay age yeah fabulous Um, well let's take a short musical break and then we have to get on that new release from Germany I can't wait to have you guys hear it it is called give me the music are you ready to get some music? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's a, a project with uh, Rick Cross. I believe he's in New York City, but Chris Cowley is in Germany, and it is featuring N.D. Anderson. So that's Give Me the Music. That's going to be coming right up after this short uh, musical break, uh, paying homage to Halloween. We'll be right back.
Yes, I can. Hold on a second. Yeah, hold on a second. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back uh, with House of Pride Radio. It was great having Katie on from the Tenderloin Museum. Don't forget to check it out there. Uh, Katie, what's the address? <laughs> uh, it's 398 Eddy Street. So that's Eddie and Leavenworth. Fabulous. 398 Eddie at Leavenworth, folks. And I also wanted to mention we're participating in Open Studios, um, Arts Fans' big citywide event. Um, and our weekend is November 4th and 5th, so come check out J.B. Higgins' photography show. Sure will. Fabulous. Thanks again, and come back real soon, you hear. Right now, live, I believe it's Germany, uh, to talk about his new release, Give Me the Music. It is Chris Carley. Can you hear me? Chris. Chris, can you hear me? Chris. Good, mo good morning. Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> I love your accent. I, I, I can. I can. <laughs> yeah, it's surely German. <laughs> and actually, we have a time difference. I hear an echo of mine. Roger that. Chris, tell us about your new release. So we got a new Billboard chart hit coming. That's called Give Me the Music with Rick Cross, uh, Andy Anderson, and me naturally. Fabulous. Tell us about how the song started. Did you write the song? Did somebody else write it? Tell us the backstory. Yeah, actually, it was a remix for Signing In For Love, which was a Billboard Club charted. And um, Rick made a fantastic dub mix after that. Um, I thought this could be a bigger hit band than it was and wrote a new lead, lead hook about it. Uh, Andy uh, recorded the new vocals in Belgium, and that was it. Uh, the hit was made. I love it. And then where where are you coming from uh, in terms of being in the music business? I'm actually coming from DJing. Uh, I started in Frankfurt, Germany in a large discotheque called Construction 5. And um, from there, I went on to remixing records for international productions, including Ian Levine and Roy Malone. You maybe knew, uh, know some artists of, of them, like Michael Brown or um, Evelyn Thomas. Okay, fabulous. Well, here we go now, Chris. We're going to listen to your your uh, mix here that you sent me entitled Give Me the Music. I have a DJ Jim. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Piotr with me now from San Francisco to listen in with us. And uh, we also have Jim Hopkins uh, representing Club 440 in the Castro of San Francisco. He's going to be listening too. So, Chris, here goes. And folks listening to us, the song is entitled Give Me the Music.
that short edited version, folks, of that fabulous song, Give Me the Music. Chris, are you still with us? I'm still with you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Chris from, uh, I believe, is it Berlin, Germany? It's in Frankfurt, Germany, actually. Frankfurt. All right, Chris, this is the big moment. We're giving you pride points here on the scale of one to five. We have our two uh, prestigious DJs in the room about to go. Okay, up first, Jim Hopkins from 440. I give it Thank five. you. Five points. And DJ Thank Jim. Is that, uh, Two fives and Tweaker tops it off with a third five. You got 15 points out of 15 points on, on my Give Me the Music. Thanking you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is that your voice the, the, on the low register, Chris? Is that you singing? It's all me singing and Andy the, uh, singing the lead hook. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fabulous. Uh, great. Well, we wish you the best of success. Uh, now, it, folks listening to us here on House of Pride Radio, uh, Chris, where can they go to um, get the, give me the music? Is it readily available on iTunes? Worldwide, yeah. iTunes, uh, uh, track source, Beatport. It's been in the Beatport charts already. Everywhere. In all stores. Amazon. You heard it, folks. It is available digitally worldwide. Again, give me the music. It's a project by Chris Cowley, Rick Cross, featuring N.D. Anderson. Give me the music. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on House of Pride Radio. We'll stay in touch. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love the delay, guys. <laughs> but how cool is that, our little show, talking to Germany, Frankfurt? Love it. I love technology. Uh, so, Jim, you had something else to tell us about something. <laughs> I, was, I, was talking, I was talking with Jim. A little bit about um, a song that I just happened to see that I really enjoyed that I was just checking to see if he, he plays it. It's called Testify by uh, Crystal Waters. Yes. By Sean. Yes, yeah, a really favorite good. amongst other DJs. Jimmy, Jimmy Strano loves that song. Um, uh, MC2 is into it. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think he introduced me to it. It's I have good. it. Yeah, it's a good one. It, it went to number one on mm -hmm. Billboard Club Billboard, Chart yeah. a couple months back. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, I play it. I have the music video. I do that. I play that for my music video night on Tuesday nights at 4:40. And of course, we're talking about Crystal Waters. She, you know, started a few years ago with some real big hits that actually crossed over on the pop chart, like "Making Happy" and "Gypsy Woman." Was She's that the first one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. A couple of other yeah. ones too, but those were the biggest hits back in the day. It's so good to see her back on the chart. Yep. Uh, I love diva music. Uh huh. I was just watching a symposium that she was in on YouTube. I was just uh, telling Jim that um, Crystal Waters was there with uh, Robin S. And it's just all these n '90s uh, divas, uh, diva artists, and they're all coming back again um, to uh, produce and uh, sing in these new uh, progressive songs. And it's really impressive to see that they're back again. And I really 
really like it. And they sound just as good as they did when they started. They're just being backed by DJs and the production values are really high. So it really it's really spotlighting their voices, which I really, really enjoyed. Right, because the industry has changed uh, in the last few years uh, with uh, digital downloads and streaming and all that kind of thing. So you do have to like kind of be uh, a master of several ceremonies, so to speak, and mm-hmm. kind of have your own label and things like that to um, kind of be well-rounded in the business. Um, and you know, people forget. You know, I mean, you know, I think a lot of the music on the pop scene or pop dance is uh, youth-oriented. But you know, the artists go on, and they don't. You know, they still create. It's not like they just stop creating. So um, uh, it's always exciting to see um, them breaking through with new new work. And Crystal Waters is a real good example of that. She's not the only one, but uh, congratulations to Crystal Waters for hitting number one and her and her team. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, I shout out to Tony Moran, who works with a lot of those big diva artists too, like Martha Wash and, and uh, Deborah Cooper and things and folks like that. It's always exciting for me. I love that type of music. That's one of my favorite genres. Uh, what about you, Jim Hopkins? What What are some of the genres that really excite you currently? Yeah, uh, currently. I'm getting into a lot of the tech house stuff that's coming out now. Tech house. Yeah. It's minimalistic, but you can take two tracks and mix them together, and make something completely new. Mm-hmm. So minimalistic, uh, probably a pretty um, so I, I intense like baseline. Bathhouse music as well. Bathhouse music. <laughs> Something you'd hear at Blow Buddies. Blow Buddies. Steamworks. <laughs> Steamworks. Yeah. Steamworks has good DJs there. That's the type of music. Little Darlings. No, that's a. <laughs> I would love to DJ at Steamworks. Have you had the pleasure? I not yet. No. I would love to as well. Uh, Steamworks management. Do you have a DJ? Yeah, do you have a DJ if you're looking for a fill, fill in a deep fill in, <laughs> call DJ Jim. I need to, another DJ there, but I went I went there with as a customer. No, as a I went with uh, Sean Green as a D, uh, he used to be at least he used to DJ there, and he brought me there one night, and we went there. It was on a Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon, and I went there just to see. I was I was thinking about working there, and I went in there just to see what the booth was like and when it was what it looked like and what what would entail a, a shift there yeah it was a lot of work but he he loved it and i just it was fun to just go in there because i'd never been there before it would be cool but the, i would like to dj too I, but i have like this I, I probably would i know i couldn't like control myself so i would like slip on physical by olivia newton john and get fired <laughs> oh it's you know? weird they said they, they were like rules you couldn't leave yeah. the booth and stuff go to the bathroom and you couldn't they didn't they really didn't like female vocals Right. It was mostly instrumental stuff. Yeah, yeah, instrumentals or a low male vocal. I guess it could get boring after a while if you don't have yeah, a lot of flexibility. Like yeah. the format's pretty strict. You know, it's yeah. it's because you would be itching to play like but something they like really well. "Give Me Fever" by Peggy Lee or something. <laughs> <laughs> There's the door. Get out. <laughs> Take your your equipment. Laptop. I use laptops. In the old days, I used a coffin with two turntables and a bunch of crates of 45s and 12 inches. Were you guys there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah I did that for a little bit. Remember how heavy that shit was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living around vinyl was really Dollies. heavy. Yeah, and like carts of vinyl and oh, 12 yeah. inches. And when I was DJing back in 1987, <laughs> I had three milk crates stacked on a dolly that I would wheel into the club. Yeah, and that was like the norm, and that you just did it. a five-hour DJ shift. A five-hour yep. DJ shift. Yep. And then it was, there was this brief moment of cassettes... I guess, and then mm-hmm. CDs for a while, right? Did you do the CD thing? Yeah, I worked at the Detour, and that's when CDs were just starting to break out, and we had a CD player, and I would try to experiment and mix the, the CDs into the vinyl, and 
was, it was fun. It was interesting. Oh, mixing was, CDs to the vinyl. That's uh-huh. cool. At the same yeah. time, yeah. You just open another another pod and mix it in together. And, you know, back in the back in the detour days where you're way up on the ceiling and you had your, your free reign to play whatever you wanted. So I would get as much. I would go down to the CD record rack and buy my... Uh, buy whatever they had on CD and just try to try to work with it as best I could. You know, it used to be pricey for um, CD, like maxi singles. I think it was like six ninety nine. Yeah. If, if it, and an import was import a lot more. more money, yeah. So that's we doled out a lot of money just to play the oh, yeah. for shows. You know, yeah. and you try the, to and you try to make it back. You try to make uh, you buy all the music and get yourself ready. But then you also want to recoup that money by getting as many jobs as you can. Hence, yeah. the C, hence putting out the CDs and the, the cassettes that Jim's um, been posting on here this so yeah you have to try to you try to strike a balance but it's such a love that sometimes I would I would actually lose money I'd spend more money on records than I would make yeah. but it was such a it was in, it's in your blood so you just you you're love passionate it so, about you love it your, yeah. you love it so much that you don't even it doesn't the money doesn't matter you know for all the knocks that digital gets I, I love that um, a lot of the music is so accessible and it, more cost effective digitally now it really saves for a a professional DJ saves a lot of money you know that's going out Uh, so that's one good thing Um, so uh, Jim uh, can uh, is it readily available now to go on like a webpage and listen to some of the mixes you preserved yes that's uh, all accessible off the sfdps.org site Say that slower so the tweaker can actually hear you. S as in Sam, (laughs) F as in Frank, (laughs) D as in David, P as in Paul. (laughs) It's sfdps.org. All right. You heard it here on House of Pride Radio, folks. Thank you, DJs, for spending some time here at House of Pride Radio. Thank you. We are going to go out with a New York City... poetry and writer poet and writer Poon Draker live from New York City she delivers a uh, 30 second pod to us every week entitled Groove Line where she chooses a song and then she uh, writes a poem about that song so we did Bronski Beat last week and this week she has for us Pull Up to the Bumper one of all you guys can appreciate that song Uh, so here goes live from New York City Pull Up to the Bumper from Poon Draka. Good evening and welcome to Groove Lines. I'm Poon. This is House of Pride Radio, and we're going to do it to you in your eardrums in 88 words or less. This week, we're going to the East Village in New York City. We're at the Saint. You're wearing silver, and you look up to the swirl of a million tiny stars or more. You hear a song, and it's this one. Pull up to the bumper by the one and only Grace Jones. It is 1981, and your meter's running, engine gunning. How you want to drive stick, floor it, for it's late, and your song is playing. But no, no, go slow. Grace can show you the way. For she is the skyway at midnight. See her asphalt sparkle. Hear her whispering across the pavement stars that no matter who you are, a golf cart, a double wide, cement mixer grooving side to side, with your bucket seats and dashboard dream, you can drive it in between. And now it's your turn. 
Thank you, Poon Drake, live from New York City. With that, we'll go out with a little Grace Jones. Thanks you for joining us uh, here on House of Pride Radio. Thank you to all our guests, Rock Keller from Sacramento, from Frankfurt, Germany, Chris Cowley with his new single, Give Me the Music. We want to thank our DJs, Jim, uh, Jim Hopkins and Jim Piotta, <laughs> and tweakers like Mental Illness. Uh, <laughs> and of course, from the Tenderline Museum, Katie Conry. Uh, thank you folks so much. We'll catch you next week here, Wednesdays, every Wednesday, live from San Francisco, 6 p.m. Take it away, Miss Jones.
this one is Segwaying in after that new song, I, I uh, Sleep Alone by Cher. I walk alone, honey. I walk alone. I sleep alone. <laughs> that was a Freudian moment, excuse me. Oops. <laughs> uh, Matt Consola remixed that with Ella B. Fabulous. Cute. Welcome to the House of Pride, everyone. Pearl. Yes, how are you? I'm fabulous, honey. How are you? Very warm today. It's hot as hell. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. Tell us, I haven't seen you all week. How was your week? It's been a busy week. Um, just found out I'll be performing at Stanford University to Genderfuck next weekend. And other than that, my blog has been up and running, and I've done my first shoot for my blog. So you guys have to keep an eye out for that at pearltees.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. But I'll keep you guys updated as that comes along. However, mm-hmm. that's just a little bit about me. What about you, honey? Oh, I don't know, girl. I'm just focused on today's show, to be honest with you, because we have such fabulous guests today. One of who is uh, sitting with us right now, and I'd like you to welcome her to our show. You guys, we have Poyo Del Mar. (laughs) (laughs) You get a scream, Poyo. Oh, dear. (laughs) Wow. What a a sound bite. Thanks, Pearl. Anytime. (laughs) I thought the same thing when I saw your hair, girl. You bitch. <laughs> this heat is not good when you got a no, fro like Miss Pearl. It really isn't. It I'm reminds bad. me of that Natalie Cole commercial. Natalie Cole. I like Natalie Cole though. I do too. With that. I don't remember the commercial though. I don't. Know. Oh yeah, the one with the product, keeping everything together in the humidity. Oh, I don't remember that. He used well, to come on in, in between I clearly need Soul to check Train. It out. Did, did you guys? Did you just watch Soul Train? Pearl, how seven? far back are you going? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pearl's only like twenty-eight or twenty-nine. She right? wasn't born yet. 
Poor thing. No. All right. No. All right. Moving on. Yes. <laughs> so welcome, Poyo. How how have you been? I know you've been quite busy with many so things. So busy. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been really doing really well, and I appreciate you guys inviting me back to talk about Pride Night 2014 at California's Great America, which is coming on May 23rd. Yes, the 15th anniversary. Yes. 15th anniversary. It's been keeping me busy. I'll tell you that. What yes. was your inspiration in the beginning to start that? Well, you know, my inspiration at the beginning, <laughs> I had nothing to do with the beginning of it, but my inspiration um, at the beginning for me, actually, because I've attended, this is the thing, I've attended every year for 15 years. Oh, wow. And so initially, it started at the same time I moved to San Francisco, which was in 1999. I think it was Gus Presents started it. Uh-huh. And, you know, I went for the same reason everybody else went. It was a night at a theme park, and I love roller coasters and thrill rides like that. So me I went, too. and when you have partner things like great headlining acts with roller coasters and you get it all for one low price in a night with the LGBT community like what is not to love about that right so I've been a fan since the beginning and then probably six six years ago I started uh, showing up as a performer and I moved from performing with Heclina and Tranny Shack on the main stage to emceeing the main stage and for the last two years I've been producing it so how exciting that is exciting, it is exciting I have to admit now who, last year was star studded uh, it was, but this year is even more star-studded. How I have to exciting! Say. Can, can I'm you so tell excited. us? Uh, is so it, it's not a secret, is it? No, no. It's, it's, of course, it's not a secret. Um, our headliners this year are Carmen. You guys might know them from their Broken Hearted and Acapella mm-hmm. singles, and they just released a whole new album a couple months ago. So we're getting really to see a lot of that popping up on our stage. We've got Neon Hitch with us. I love her. I know that you guys. I don't know how edited we have to be, but you guys no. know her song, Love You Better? Yeah. Okay, it's, her song was called Fuck, Fuck You Better. Yes. And everybody knows that, and people know her for her collaboration with Gym Class Heroes, which was Ass Back Home. And she's going to be one oh, of our headliners. Yes, that's right. right. I love that song. Yeah, of course, I love that song, too. And we've got hilarious Ross Matthews. I am so excited. That's, like, the one of the only... Not the only reason, He's but so one of the funny. big reasons I want to go to Great America this year, just to see Ross Matthews. So I want to point out, as a point of clarification, everybody knows Ross is a stand-up comedian, and He's done his stand-up around the world. And now he has his own show. He has his own show. He's been on Chelsea Lately. He's been on Late Night with uh, Jay Leno and all of this stuff. But um, he's not going to be doing stand-up. He's not going to do a stand-up set. He's actually going to be co-emceeing the main stage, which one would imagine hilarity will ensue. And then this is the thing I'm most excited about. He and I are going to be on stage together for 30 minutes. And instead of him asking questions, I'm going to be asking him the questions. Yes, question. how exciting. So I want to find out all kinds of nitty-gritty details. Have you guys, I don't know if the listeners out there have seen his boyfriend. I'm, I want to figure out who's the top and <laughs> the bottom in that relationship because <laughs> I just can't figure out. What does his boyfriend look like? He's um, a very flamboyant Latino man. So mm-hmm. I'm oh, like, interesting. you know, I was thinking that as flamboyantly and outrageously gay as Ross is, one would think that his boyfriend might like offset that a little bit, like Pearl and her husband, you know, where Felix is a little bit, <laughs> little bit more Whatever. butch. Whatever, not Pearl, that much. Girl, everybody is a little more butch than you. That's true. At a minimum. That's true. Girl, so, you are so fishy. Sorry. So, I meant you know, that in a good way. I out who in that scenario was top and the bottom, and I, it's not obvious, so I'm, I'm just going to Well, maybe it. they're both versatile. Maybe they are. Are you? Um, <laughs> maybe I am. <laughs> Wrong one. It's it hard to... <laughs> I don't even know as what that a, was. As a boy, you look very—you're very handsome. Well, thanks. And you, goes, you look quite masculine in my eyes. What about you, Pearl? Do you think oh, he's a Pearl is girl. not quite masculine in anybody's eyes. Oh, sorry. We're talking about <laughs> Whatever, you, honey. Bitch. <laughs> Whatever. We're talking about Poyo. I don't know. 
Poyo, I've seen Poyo in her life. She dares not say anything positive about me. Never. It's in her contract. <laughs> it's, it's in her, her contract. contract. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you think? Do you think Pearl tore it up on your stage at um? Oh, it's been a long time. I think fun. Pearl's been tore up on my stage. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That too. That is too true. No, yeah. Pearl always turns it out. You know, she has two Pearl teenies and does a Pearl a wheel to end every show. That's and that's how it goes. Quite yes. the performer, indeed. I yes. have seen you do those yes. ha- handspring things. Girl. I, I don't know. Is that what it is? A handspring? No. I think so. <laughs> is it, is it a high kick or a handspring? It's a cartwheel. A cartwheel. Yeah, That's yeah. what she says. Yes. So stand back, Mary Lou Retton. She's coming <laughs> she's for that Olympic She's working on it. That is okay. One of these days. I do... I'll take some classes, bitches. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, um, Great America. Now, um, you have been kind enough to give us an exclusive here at House of Pride Radio today. Yeah, we're going to be giving away tickets on the air. Oh, yeah. Tickets, are, is plural or singular? We'll, we'll be giving away two tickets. We'll give two tickets away. Fabulous. So people can go with their date. Well, I think that we should give two individual tickets away so two okay. individuals get the opportunity to, to go for free. You so you heard friend. it from... Yeah. Exactly right. You heard it Our from girl, Poyle's yeah. Lips just now, folks. So you listeners out there, what I want want you to do is to call us in. I'm, I'm looking for the third caller okay. uh, who can answer this question. The question is, what is the title of Poyo's latest release? Oh. If you can answer that <laughs> oh, no. question, I'm looking for the third caller. Oh, the phone number. The phone is blowing up. <laughs> yes, already, girl. The That's phone number is phone, call now at 550-0511. And that's area code 415-TWEKA. Repeat the phone number in case people are listening out there from far away. Somebody's calling my 415-550-0511. Do not call Tweeka's cell phone. Tweeka's cell phone does not count. Just because you saw that phone number on a bathroom wall does not mean you can call and win tickets. Not at all. It's actually Comcast. Excuse me, I have to take this call. Oh, my God. (laughs) Pearl and I can carry the show for a little bit. Yes, all day. Speaking of which, oh, I guess we can't give the title away if that's the question. Well, well, I wanted to ask, like, so are you, it seems like a lot of people also on our lineup of performers that night, like we said, we've got Carmen, Neon Hitch, Ross Matthews, but we also have DWV and Lady I Bunny are so coming, excited too. for them, too, yes. So are you, are you excited to see DWV? Yes. It's interesting to me, like, we added DWV, and so many people know their YouTube parodies. Yeah. You know, when I went to, like, Pride this year, when they were on the main stage, they were one of, like, the most exciting things that happened. I think on the main stage this year, this past year. Well, we know for a fact that we were hoping that people would get the opportunity to see them at the Drag Queens of the Castro, mm-hmm. at the Castro Theater when Sasha Soprano put that, that was um, comedy yeah. show on. But, but unfortunately, Vicky Det- Box, what? no, Detox. Detox Detox's yeah. family is having some personal issues. Her father is not in good health, and that's why she wasn't there. But uh, um, I think it actually made people more excited because they really want to see Willem, Detox, and Vicky together mm-hmm. on our stage. And so they're going to be doing. A, like about a 20 to 30 minute performance of all other YouTube parody hits and they're you'll so get to exciting see, oh yeah you'll get to see Chow Down at Chick-fil-A The Boys at Bottom yes Blurred Binds about poor Amanda Bynes poor thing Willem's new um, whole pick oh no just a mess I, just, I, I don't know anything about that. It's, she redid um, Selfie. Oh. And, and she did it whole pick it's a mess that's a mess yes it is a mess but I love it it's, it's hilarious she's a true character so and I just want to say quickly while people are you know while we're waiting for Tweaky to go to the phone lines and see who's going to be our winner like 
if you are a fan of Carmen, and there's a lot of Carmen fans out there because yeah. before they had their big, you know, hit top 40 hits, they were these giant YouTube sensations. And if you're a fan of Carmen, this is a great opportunity for you guys because not only do you get the night in the theme park and to see these other acts, but Carmen is actually normally they just tour as a duo. They did all the Pride uh -huh. circuits as a duo last year. But we're bringing in a full six-piece band. It's Carmen plus six band members playing live instruments. Oh, wow. And they're going to be doing a live 45-minute to hour-long set. It's an actual Carmen I was going to say, that's like a concert. Girl. You guys have a full concert. Tweaker, your phone is calling me. Yes, girl. Like, So there's going to be an actual Carmen concert that night. They're going to be on starting at midnight, going to about 1 o'clock in the morning to kind of carry us through to the end of the night. Cool. So Lady Bunny is going to be on here next week. L That's wonderful. And, I hope she um, mentions the fact that she's going to Pride Night. I cannot wait to see what she's going to do for Pride. Because I saw her at the Queens of Cash Shows. Uh, the, key, the Queens of Comedy. Drag, drag Queens of Comedy. Yeah, yeah. She is... You know, Bunny is hilarious. And she's going to be in town uh, next weekend doing not only Pride Night, but she's got her own one-woman one show that she's mm -hmm. going to be doing at Rebel. But I want to make it really clear to people that I encourage you to go to both events because she's doing one entire set for us and then something completely different at Rebel. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see all of Lady Bunny's act, you're going to have to come to both shows. She's fantastic. So she's hilarious. I love Bunny. I was, was chit-chatting with her today. And Bunny is a drag icon and a legend. She really... She's an absolute legend. I remember when I was probably like... In my early 20s, she came to Cleveland, where I was living at the time, to perform at a, a nightclub there. And I had to, I'd never met her, and I had to pick her up at the airport so for a friend of mine. And oh dear, it was, it was quite an experience. Lady Bunny is something. So who went into booking these people? Did you get to choose your lineup? or? Well, the way this works is California's Great America produces this event, they, meaning that they fund it, that all of the funding is from California's Great America, which is great for us because it allows this to be a private night in the theme park. So uh, people who hold season passes or gold passes actually can't use those passes to get in that night. This is specifically, you have to buy a ticket for California's Great America Pride Night 2014. So just so that's out there. But we have a team behind the scenes that are completely dedicated to this event and they brought me in and it was a combination of the two of the, the whole group of us there's about five of us on that team and and they took care of booking uh carmen neon hitch and ross matthews for us and for me because there's a lot of contract negotiations one would imagine with celebrities this mm -hmm. well known there's a lot of contracts they have writers like pages and pages of like i want xyz in the dressing room i need this kind of water you know the things that you hear about celebrities right yeah. and so they last year i spent a lot of time with wendy williams i spent a lot of time dealing with that stuff and they wanted to open me up to do more stuff like this where i could be out talking about the event and getting people excited about it and the one great thing is that i'm seeing and hearing word on the street people are really excited about this year so mm -hmm. we're ecstatic well i haven't personally i haven't been in a while like i, I skipped the past couple i've skipped quite a few years the last time i How went rude. was just because the past couple times I went, it was mostly like an 18 through 20 something, like to early 20 crowd. And yeah, you know, so in the one of the things that is unique about this event, and because of the fact that we've had a numerous producers and promoters over the years, each time you change promoters, the demographics of the event actually start to change a little bit because. When Gus Presents was doing this event, it was much more along the lines of a night at the, at the park followed by a circuit party because that's what Gus is known yeah. for. So, of course, you had a lot more of that, and those were the early um, 2000s when I first started going. And then, you know, Janine Shiota took over, and that, and Jamie Awad from Club Poppy, they produced it. So the demographic became more geared towards the, the audiences that they tailor to. 
So Miranda Dancison did it the two years prior to me, and she is very youthful, very in touch with what's going on in the younger community. So the event shifted much more into the 18 to 25 range, and one thing that the park was really appreciative of last year, we still brought a lot of those people in last year, but the demographic skewed a little bit more towards the 25 to 40 range, which is perfect because mm -hmm. I want people who enjoyed it like I did 15 years ago yes. to come back. You know, yes, I want, like, exactly. no, this is still fun for all ages. And that's something that I would really stress. California's Great America Pride Night 2014 is an all ages event. So as long as your mom and dad are okay with you coming and can <laughs> drop you off at the park, come on out, buy your ticket. If I'm you are sorry. you know, an older individual and you want to bring your kids early in the evening, it's very family friendly and focused. So come on out and enjoy it with your kids if that's what you want to do. And if you're somebody like me who wants to come out and like meet all the hot guys and look around and see people slut. that you haven't seen, I didn't say be a slut. <laughs> But, you know, you want to come out and you want to see friends who come from Stockton, Fresno, Modesto, Sacramento, yeah, all over true. Northern California for this specific event. You can do it. And I encourage you to. Goodness. I haven't been to Great America in a while. It's been a minute. Tweeka is over here. Tweeka's tweaking attention. on She's the computer. She's never attention to her own show. The phone is ringing. Hold on. She, we're, trying to, we're trying to get you guys those winners. Remember. Hi. You're listening to House of Pride Radio. Who are we speaking to? Hey, Tweeka, this is DJ Jack. Who? Who is it? DJ Jack. DJ. Say one more time. DJ Jack. Oh, DJ Jeff. No, he hey, said DJ hi. Jack. Jack Rojo. Oh, hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. <laughs> hi, Jack. Poyle up, is bro? giving, yes, Poyle's giving away tickets to uh, Pride, Great, Great America Pride Night. If you can answer this simple question, what is the name of her current single? Which one? Oh, no. Or who? Hello? Yes. Hello? Can you hear us? And I can't really hear you guys. It's kind of like static What is the name of Poyle's current release? Her current Poyle? dance hit? I'm a mess right now. Oh, God. Uh, uh, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. You're a DJ and you don't know my dance hit? How rude. I can barely understand what he's saying. I'm sure that he's just said white lady problems. Matt Consola, Torres oh, featuring LFB and Poya Del Mar, white lady problems. I'm sure he just said that. I thought I heard that too. I heard like lady, whore, bitch, something. I don't know. Okay, congratulations, Jack. Calm down. Sit down. Sit down. You won a pair of no one ticket. One ticket. We're giving away to Great America on the 23rd. Is it Poyle? Friday, May 23rd. It's a week from Friday. Come on out, boo. I'll tell you something too. Oh my God, so bad. I'm speaking Tagalog. I'm gonna tell what's happening here, girl. Girl, listen to me. We're gonna. Just hang up on her and tell her we'll get to her on Facebook. We'll get to you on Facebook. Congratulations. Goodbye. For our Filipino listeners out there, I hope you understood whatever he was saying because I could not understand a word. Girl, I didn't even catch that one. Feedback, honey, with this door open here. Yes. Oh. Pearl, you're half Filipino. Do you understand at least portions of what he said? I used to when I was younger, but girl, not anymore. I lost that. She lost it. Yes. Anyway, speaking of white lady problems, so what is the uh, latest update on your video? Okay, so. Did we lose all of our sound? No. Okay. The, well, people have been asking about that because we were publicizing the video shoot. For those of you who don't know, shooting from shooting a video through production to the actual release of a video can take a long time. It took us months to get the song out. To I'd get say. So where we are, unfortunately, our director, uh, Mr. Pam, 
was had an unfortunate hospitalization situation. So she still has all the footage. She's fine. Oh. She went in to have a vaginoplasty. I understand that she had a drawstring put in that thing to make it tight again like she's a virgin. But, you know, we unfortunately, she's got the footage and it hasn't yet been sent to our editor. So we are still shooting for um, a pride release for this. So keep your fingers oh, crossed, girl. We'll keep, okay. we'll keep you guys posted. Cool. Cool. It's, it's sad to admit that this is something that's so exciting for me. I really want to get that music video out, but Pride Night is taking up like 60 to 80 hours a week for me, so that's the last thing on my mind. Until May 23rd, You'll get it's over. To it. So the, we'll the, get to it. It'll be there. The thing about indie releases, it can go on for months. It's not necessarily going to hurt the project if it's a little... Yeah, I don't think so at all. Am I on? Yes, I am. <laughs> So, so we have one more ticket to give away. We have another ticket. And we're just going to make it easy. Just whoever calls. <laughs> Be our third caller. Be our first yeah. caller. Just call just and get call it over 550 And you can be a lucky winner to Great America Pride Night on Friday the 23rd. Yes. Yes. In the meantime, I think we should actually play your wonderful song. What do you oh, think? Okay. Oh, yeah. let's do it. Let's start talking about something else, but let's do it. I'll talk oh, about what did you want to talk about? I'll talk about it when we come back. Okay, bitch. <laughs> Where's it at? There we are. Go ahead. Put that this up. is White Lady Problems, Matt Consola, and DJ James Torres featuring Poyo Damar and LFP on. House of Pride Radio. Radio. I'm wait, waiting. I'm just to see if it's dead. House of Pride Radio. Oh, and Sister Roma just walked in. Yes, ma'am. In Dragnito. Hallelujah. Are we hearing anything? Thank you. Hi. Hi. Is this? Are these down? So
And that was a fabulous song by Poyo Damar, produced by Matt Consola, Leo Frappier, White Lady Problems. And that's because that's uh, biographical, isn't it, Poyo? I wouldn't <laughs> say that, that it's biographical. It's, we're making fun of white ladies. I'd rather see the video. Well, the video. Yes. We were just talking, just talking about. about. We cannot that. wait for this video to come out. No, we can't. Uh, I was busy, you know, on with Comcast at the time you told us when it's going to actually drop, Poyo. When, when is it? We're... You know, the director just uh, has had some health issues. Mr. Pam was in the hospital. She made it really public that she was in the hospital for a little bit of time. It was brief. She's recovered. She's doing well. But she is the one who has all of the video footage. So we were so geared towards, we were shoot, always been shooting for pride. But she has the footage, and I need to get that from her so we can send it off to an editor and get this shit in gear. Yeah, but first, absolutely. First things first, always, let me make it through Pride Night in California's Great America on May 23rd. That's the first priority. That's a big event, girl. Are you on top of everything? Um, I'm on top of as many things as I can get on top Just of. Just a slut. <laughs> so, so anyway, speaking of that, before we get there, she has to still has to get through this weekend with her her show at the Glamazon, um, which is, this weekend is the this Sunday, the 18th is the new talent showcase number 10. 
Can you believe, you know, we've got 15 girls who are going to be competing on our stage to determine who is going to become the Glamazones next, you know, emerging drag star and the next drag star of the Castro. So, so many young talents come out, pack the house with their friends, and then the audiences respond and cheer and, and tell us who is going to be our next, you know, queen. Oh, hold on. Do we have a winner on the line? Good afternoon. You're calling House of Pride Radio live. Uh, who are we speaking with? Hey, Galactic. Say that one more time. Maya Galactic. Maya Galactic. Maya Galactic, Can you have just I... won a ticket to California's Great American Pride Night 2014 coming on Friday, May 23rd. Awesome. I'm so excited. How do you feel? I feel amazing. That's so awesome. I'm so grateful. <laughs> Can somebody do sign? I you, yes. She said she feels amazing, <laughs> and I will be the determinant of that. Call me Maya. Okay, now run um, for your life. Do you, you have a Facebook thing? So of course can, I have. All right. I have her. Text me, girl. All right, girl. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yay! Everyone, say goodbye. Bye, Bye Maya. Okay, really quick. Oh, hold on. Got that over with. God, that was a. Uh, we want to introduce somebody very here. Very hey, hi, what's up? Uh, my name is Tim. I just wanted to stop by and say hi to everybody in studio and all the listeners. Hi, Tim. Um, dropping off some postcards for an event we have coming up. It's called Music Video Race. What we do is pair up bands and filmmakers on a Friday night coming up in July. So 20 bands, 20 filmmakers, and we say, okay, you and you. Go make a video. Come back in 48 hours. Um, I need to get on board with that. So it sounds like my video would get done more quickly. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been out there. It would have been yeah, two promoted days. already. I'll, I'll make a new Exchange, song and enter, and then the next song. Where is this event? Uh, where do you show the videos when they're done? Uh, we'll be showing them at the Independent on July 20th. So if people, I mean, we're still looking for filmmakers and musicians to participate too. Where can so, they get a hold of you, honey? Uh, just musicvideorace.com. Um, you know, it's we tried to name it. In a, in a way that makes sense. Musical video race. <laughs> yeah, music That's video race. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on you know all those places. So. Um, and are you a producer, director type of person? Uh, yeah, I mean, when I work in film, I do like art department stuff, like sets and props and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Now, do you know Poyo Damar and Sister Roma? I do not. Hi. Hi. I'm Tim. Hi, Tim. I'm Poyo Damar. Hi, I'm Roma. Hi. Good to meet this you. is my co-host Pearl Tees. Pro, we met him in. And again. I'm Tweeka Turner. Nice to meet you. Now, is this open? Since you're still looking for musicians, is this open to musicians, bands, organ, you know, music makers? across genres or is it specific to rock or what is your thing only only death metal really not really <laughs> I was like well there you go no wonder you're still looking you're like, well maybe I can slide white lady problems in there uh, no all, all sorts all genres you know we have like uh, electronic we have we do we did have a metal band the first year um, you know folk rock rap anything you name it I really do want to record a new song just to get you guys to make my video in 48 hours the last yeah. this process has been going on for like 5 months I'm over it I'll be over it before the release comes out we'll have, we'll have your video out on July 20th before we get the other video. Go for it, Poyo. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> songs need to be under five minutes. That's not a problem. Cool. I was hoping you were going to say that songs didn't have to be good because that would still allow the dinner. The song doesn't have to be good. Well, listen, Tim, I don't know what your schedule is, but would you like to come back uh, for a sit-down sometime? And Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, we're yeah, going to call you. on. You have your cards out here in, on, in the green room. Sounds great. Thanks, everyone. Thank, Thank you, Tim. Stay cool out there. Can we get a sound effect for Tim, honey? Yeah. Uh, an appropriate one? Yeah. 
Tim is really cute, y'all. I thought you were going to do a whistle. And he's not even he's black, and Poyo said that. He's very cute. Poyo said that, and he's not black. You think he's cute? He's really cute. He's very cute. All right. Run for your life. Yeah, well, I'm motivated. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a fun weekend, a lot of creative energy. Well, since I let the worm out of the can, uh, yes, I did announce you, Sister Roma. Oh my God, the worm out of the can? <laughs> the can. Thank you for calling me a worm on my <laughs> debut. I'm uh, who are you? you give me your name. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you said none of your business. But come oh, on in here. Oh, EJ's here in the studio with us. EJ's also very attractive. We're surrounded by attractive guys. We are. Run for your life. I'm happy. Yeah, well. Run. Awesome e EJ, you're a comedian, is that right? Um, yes, sir. Okay. And uh, do you have a show here? Uh, no. They want me to have a show. I just do backup in case, you know, you need a host or you need somebody around the boards. And, and crack some jokes while you're doing it, maybe. Yeah. All right. Can I, can, I, can I address something? I know I just walked on. I have an interesting question. Um, Post everyone. There is a... I want to put this tactfully. There is a person in San Francisco who's a gay comedy promoter. There's a and, few, actually. No, I mean one particular oh, okay. person. And it kind of irks me. I don't know. I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from New York. I've been around gays, homosexuals, trans all my life. But... It's weird because he always tries to book me for shows. He had one show that was called Black Men on the Download, which I thought was a great <laughs> subject. No, I thought it was a great subject, you know, because there's a lot of people who still in the closet, you know, still afraid to live their real lives. So I thought it was a great subject. And the show got canceled. But ever since, he tries to offer me shows where you got to take your shirt off, where you got to be naked. And it seems like he thinks he's doing me a favor by doing that since he canceled the first show. And I just wanted to, your thoughts on that because it seems to me that it kind of it's kind of like stereotyping gays a little bit because every show he does has to be overly flamboyant with some guy taking a shirt. Well, off. what's his name? Well, That's my first well, question. I, his name is Charlie. I don't care. Charlie. Oh, Charlie oh, Ballard. Charlie. Yes. Charlie Ballard. No Charlie. So I don't know of any comedy show where the performers are always naked. I haven't heard I, that. I've never heard that. I would be more apt to go to Charlie Ballard's <laughs> yeah. comedy show if you were going to be taking your yeah, shirt Charlie, off. Yeah, Charlie. Yes. Send me a link to that show. Please. I, I mean, I'll allow you to do private shows where I'll offer you the opportunity to take your shirt <laughs> off. Maybe Charlie has a crush on you. Yeah, maybe saying. Charlie's Charlie trying to work a private angle. Oh, snap. Charlie Charlie, your secrets out. <laughs> uh, Sounds like Charlie's I, trying to work something else. Yeah, yeah well, I don't. I don't know. You know, I um. I know Pam does comedy naked sometimes. Pam who? Pam, Pam Benjamin. Yeah. But she's not gay. I don't know. I've never. I'll stay away from Pam Benjamin's naked comedy show. <laughs> but if you're not interested, just don't do it. Yeah, just say no. Say, just say I'm no. sorry, my agent says I have to wear a shirt. My agent. Ooh, yeah. I need one of those. Well, you, know, you are your own agent until you have one. <laughs> Sorry, it's not in my contract to take off my clothes. I don't know. Roman, what do you think I, about it? I think that Charlie is trying to work you. Yeah. And I don't think you should ever do anything that you don't feel comfortable doing. And it is stereotypical to assume that all gays want to see men with their shirts off or naked. Yeah. But I would say that a lot of gay people do want to see that. Of course, I, I would like to see that. Of course, you know, I'm a heterosexual guy. If there's a, oh. you know, if there's a bunch of attractive women, you know, of course, That's I want to see them yeah, naked. Yeah. But if I go to a comedy show, like, you know, I don't expect, you know, people to start. Well, hopefully when you're naked, people will not laugh <laughs> well, at what they see. What, what I would like to think, you know, what, what I would say to Charlie is before he produces a comedy show that 
focuses on people who have their clothes off, I would suggest that he focus on a comedy show that is actually funny. Because yeah. I've been to some Quality. of them and they're not very amusing. And some of the independent comedy shows that I've seen produced around the city, it's like comedy's a tough stand up comedy is a tough oh thing. Oh my god, it's so hard. It's 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 hard and mm -hmm. I like I understand that. And I've tried it myself and to varying degrees of success. But I think that one of the things that I would say is if you find performers who are talented and funny Put them on the show because they're talented and funny, not because you're expecting them to take off their clothes or for any other reason to try to exploit them for any other reason besides comedy. Good yeah. point. So Charlie, like you don't need props for comedy. It should just be. Well, don't tell that to top. Gallagher. Gallagher is, you know, like <laughs> Carrot Top. All these people, like you can do that. But I, what I would say is that like comedy is about being funny. If they're if a performer is funny, then put them on the show. If they're not, then bye, girl. Bye, girl. Bye. Yep. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> hey, thanks yeah. for letting me walk on. Thank you. Yeah, no thanks. Worries. What is this? The House of Pride, great show, Mutiny Radio. Yeah. 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 Listen to it, everybody. Wonderful. Thank you. So, Thank you. Have a good the, afternoon. Bye-bye. Yes, our new talent showcase is coming up on Sunday. We're going to have 15 girls on the stage. 15. Girl, Lord. you know you can, you know very well how getting to perform at the cafe on a Sunday yes. night can kind of boost your career. And you, yes. That's where we discovered you. I've been regretting it ever since, but that's where we <laughs> discovered you, girl. I was the very first winner of that show. Oh, my goodness. She was, and now... Her her partner it was the last winner. Our most yeah, recent. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Brenda Buttons. Yeah, Brenda Buttons. I have Brenda Brenda you been Button. back to your show since winning. She has. She came mm -hmm. back a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And and it was fabulous. Consistency. Yeah. Of course. You know the one thing that I'll say that this is a great opportunity for performers who are really new. Some they, they come and they do it at varying degrees of um, experience level. You know, some are like we've had the first time performer on our stage. Actually, the time that Brenda won, um, her first runner up, if you will, was Shaka Korn for first time in drag and then turned on and a week later Love won Miss Tranny Shack. So, you know, it was- Shaka Korn. Shaka Korn. Let me rock you, Shaka Korn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is the greatest. I love that. Brenda greatest. Buttons and Shaka Korn are headlining at the, yeah. <laughs> at, at the local Charlie Ballard comedy show, and they'll both be taking their shirts Nude. off. Yes. Nude. Yes. Nude Who comedy. is this Charlie if Ballard? If I take my clothes off, nobody better laugh. That's for sure. Well. That's rude. Well. I think people know Sister Roma, so they wouldn't laugh. <laughs> Roma, Roma has it in her contract. She can be completely nude, except she must be wearing a boa on her head. That's it. Yes. That's it. And, but it must come down far enough that she can, you know, cover her lady can bits. be demure with it. Let me ask you a question about that, because when I moved here five years ago, when I started seeing images of you, Sister Roma, it's always a beautiful bow where how did you incorporate that into your look? You know what? It happened at Gus Bean's Colossus Pride Party in 1991. Holy crap. Sister I was Fletch, Sister Fletch <laughs> Lena is an amazing, she's an amazing sewer, seamstress, sewer, costume designer. Sister Fletch Alina. Sister Fletch Alina Grande. Love Speaking it. of cute names. Yeah, Move over, Shaka Corn. Here comes Fletch Alina Grande. Fletch Alina. And uh, she designed these costumes for us to wear that were matching pink, and it was a circus theme, and it was just outrageous. And she actually came up with the idea to pin the boas to our heads so she is the first one who created that i have to give her full props now, and i just yeah. i took it and ran with it because i i loved it i thought it added a certain amount of glamour and you can yes. play with it and it sort of looked like hair and it made me feel like a girl and it it is fun. <laughs> your persona is appears to be inflated with the boa like an aura around you thank you and not and um i think you have dibs on it not too many sisters i was going to ask about that because yeah. when i moved to san francisco in 1999 that 
there were many sisters. There seemed to be more sisters at that time in 1999 than there are now. But the thing was, people would always say, Sister Roma is the one with the boa. You always know it's Sister Roma because she's got the bow on her head. Did you knock some people off when they got too close with uh, the boa thing? I see a lot of bitches <laughs> like, trying the boa thing now. You know what? I'm not at all. First of all, I never uh, tried to trademark it or corner it. I never would ever tell another sister how she could or could not dress. I think that people sort of felt like that was my thing, and they wanted to be original so they didn't copy it. Did their own look. But yeah. then as orders started to pop up all over the country and now all over the world, now all over the world a yes. lot of nuns actually wear boas on their heads, and some will say that it's a tribute to me and I, I love it I love to see more sisters with boas that's how it doesn't bother me at all that's how you are that now she is a fashion it, yeah. icon you, that's you, right you, yeah, you've she inspired get it, so speaking of the sisterhood so when I was doing a little research about it it, it has really blossomed into this worldwide thing where it originally started in San Francisco back was in 1979 that's right and um, what do you think of that I mean you're a big part of that well, you know, the order... In 1979? No, well, no, the order started in 1979, and it grew and expanded to its real heyday in the early 80s. And then a series of events happened, and the order sort of fell apart and split in two, actually. There was a court order, because some of the sisters wanted to go on and become more of a brand and make money being the sisters, while the rest of the order wanted to continue on the fundraising front and be a nonprofit organization. So there was a huge split. Some sisters wanted to be on postcards and sell products and, oh, and, that and make of money. They like wanted to be commercial. Uh-huh. And the other sisters. <laughs> so they actually went to court. And the judge said that there could be the unincorporated Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and there could be Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence Incorporated. Okay. So the group that remains today is the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence Incorporated. I love it. So when I joined, I joined the nonprofit organization that, is, that was originally from 1979. So when I, people, I would get a lot of times that people would be like, are you a good sister or a bad sister? I see. You know, because it was no. right after the split. <laughs> so it was kind of a controversial time. And there was only six of us who were really active in the whole world at the time. And Sister Blaine, Hello. Sister Luscious Lashes, who was one of my best friends Hello, and my sponsor in the order, and I just took off running with it. We went everywhere that you would never Hello. would have dreamt to have seen a drag queen before. We went to the Good black and white sir. ball. We would go to Hello. leather western bars that would normally Hello. never. Sister Blanche was a they would never allow drag queens or women in, and we were we would like bust down the door and be like hell no, and we like we're just complete and total hell raisers and a pain in the ass to a lot of people. But we broke down a lot of barriers and and boldly went where no drag queen would go before. So it was really interesting to see the order grow from six All people who are, were you know I mean I was just so impressed with the change and the, the the things that the order could do. I never realized how much I cared about oh, I my community or helping people the sisters and it, the order began to grow and grow again as the six of us became more well known and then Marty Cunningham, I was Marty a, clo- a club host and met a lot of people a lot of people will tell you that I was one of the first sisters that they ever met so I'm very proud of that so in San Francisco are there t- 